the Daring Creatively podcast with me, Corinne Morrison, a space for vulnerable and intimate conversations direct from my studio floor. This is a space for creative truths and insightful stories from an Aussie contemporary artist on a mission to help people embrace their own inner magic. Welcome back to the studio, guys. I hope you enjoy the show. brings me so much joy to actually be speaking with you from the comfort of my air-conditioned lounge room today and not from my sweaty, sticky studio. And um, for the most part, this is actually the first time in the last four months that I have walked into the studio and decided that it was okay to go home and not paint. Over the course of the last four months in producing this solo show, I've had probably five days off in total. And that was over the holiday period as well. And I am in a completely different place this week than what I was even since the last episode, actually. And Last episode, I was pretty much clawing my way out of um, a negative self-talk, messy middle hole that I had created for myself. Um, And I had pivoted to a fast, fun mindset where I was setting a stopwatch and really moving across all the panels at once. Now, that pivot really did help. Um, But in hindsight, as I sit here today and I am watching as each work resolves itself like at at this point I'm going into the studio and every day another work is resolving itself and I'm in just like this true state of flow at the moment where even though the deadline is like two weeks away I am actually slowing down instead of picking up pace And what that tells me, (laughs) what that tells me is that I have stopped playing God. I have stopped trying to make paintings and I am now letting the paintings make themselves. And it is infuriating because if I had just released the oars two months earlier... I probably wouldn't have gone through such a battle in that messy middle stage. But, alas, we always learn from every part of the process. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I want to talk about playing God, holding the reins and trying to control the process so tight that you're not even letting the work have enough breathing space for it to show you what it needs. And what I mean by that is, for the most part, the work is always one step ahead of me. And that has become blatantly obvious because each day that I go into the studio, I resolve one work from something that I have learnt from another work. 
And at no stage was I going to be able to force the work into resolution without that technique that I had learned. And so I wish that I had just trusted in the process and surrendered earlier. And trust, I thought, as of last week, I thought trust was still my word for the year. And this week, I'm actually thinking that that work does not, that word does not resonate enough now. And so I've been meditating on it this week, what my word is for the year, and I have figured it out. And I am going to tell you what that word is with a question. When was the last time you truly stopped and said, wow? What does that work word like bring up in you when you stop and really think about wow? To me, I am I'm brought back to this moment as a kid. Every time I even say the word, this one image pops up into my head. I may have spoken about it like in previous episodes. I don't actually know. Sometimes I get mixed up from the vlogs that I used to do on YouTube versus the podcast. So I'll just tell the story again. So as a little kid, I used to do little athletics along with all my gym stuff. And there was this one day, I still remember it clear as anything. I was about to go and do my high jump. And I was only pretty young. And I remember it was like I just had this feeling I needed to turn around and look up. And I turned around and I looked up. And I quite literally witnessed this storm and the rain roll like literally roll, like it was like the momentum of this rain was almost circulating forwards and the clouds were moving at this pace. It must have been like a breeze that was coming that at that moment that I turned around, I couldn't even feel the breeze. But I watched these clouds and this rain move across the ovals like a wave. And it was the heaviest rain I still to this day I think I've ever witnessed. Maybe it was because I was just small. But I remember just looking up and watching this moment and feeling the force of that rain hit my body. And it is a moment, it's, it's probably the only thing that comes close to me going wow and it was like this feeling of pure joy pure terror pure excitement pure presence all at the one time and this word has continued to come up this week throughout my meditations because I think the undercurrent of this entire solo show has been this reclamation of personal joy. And 
I know that some of these podcast episodes end up becoming like therapy sessions. And I'm not going to apologise for that because you can't separate life from art. And as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, the, the pinnacle turning point for this solo show's existence was the moment that I witnessed my daughter when she was a newborn. Oh, she wasn't newborn. She was like just pulling herself up. I'll just, I'll tell the story again in case you didn't hear the episode. So there was this, there was a day I was sitting in the lounge room right in the thick of postpartum depression, um, just barely sleeping, just like in the grips of early motherhood basically. And there was this moment that my daughter, I turned around and I witnessed this beautiful moment of her she was only just pulling herself up and I watched her trace her tiny little shadow with her finger like and it was about a minute of me just staring at her having this little moment with herself and she was kind of watching and playing as her finger moved and the shadow connected with the finger on the wall and then she started trying to trace around her little body And there was just this moment that she turned around to me with these eyes that was like, wow, what is this magic? And in that moment, I was literally torn in two different directions. I was like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And it also made me acknowledge how broken I was, how disconnected, how sad, how terrified I was in my own body at that time. And that was the moment that I think this solo show was born Um, because I don't think up until that moment I had acknowledged in like how bad I was. And then I went through another four years It's really only been like the last 12 months that I have put my hand up and I've said, look, I'm not okay. Um, I've been wearing a mask for a really long time and that mask is getting really heavy and it's really, really hard every day to put on a smile. And so for the last 12 months, I've been on this incremental path of finding myself again, basically, and because of that, the work has, my art has taken so many twists and turns and it's inevitably moving along with me as I grow myself. And I'm going to read my artist statement to you shortly, but I want to go back to this idea of operating in the world out of this like God complex in just trying to control a situation in order to keep moving Um, because I think we all do that. I think we all try and play God in our lives in whatever aspect it is, whether it be making art or running a business. Like we try to do the thing and because of that we are constantly trying, 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 trying And we're never actually 
stopping and surrendering and feeling and grieving. And it was really interesting. I was actually listening to a Mel Robbins podcast podcast just today and she had a doctor on that was actually talking about this exact thing um and how coming out of COVID oh that that word let's not even say that word but I think we all have some underlying um trauma that we've all buried a bit and I want to talk a little bit about this idea of getting back to that state of wonder and that state of wow. Because when we look at our kids or even a kid, like you just watch a kid at the park, like a young kid under the age of five that has not gone to school yet, their entire existence runs out of a place of awe, out of a place of wow. Everything is like magic. Everything is wonderful. Everything is exciting. And still to this day, I can give my daughter a cardboard box and she will make something out of it. And it is infuriating to me how adulthood stomps that out of us, like just life in general stomps that out of us. And I had to come to terms with this idea that Joy is not something that, like, just disappears out of nowhere. It doesn't disappear. It's just shoved down in us. And I had this moment that I I had to bring to my psychotherapist the other day. Um, Here we go again. See, I never expect to talk about these things, but alas, I'm going to tell you. So... I was meditating about a week ago in the studio, a week, week and a half ago. And I do my usual like 20, I think it's like a 25 minute meditation that I do. And for the first time, never happened before, but I had this moment during the meditation that I just felt like I needed to lie down on the ground in a fetal position. And This is in the middle of my studio where I'm meditating, which is an open studio. So if there's customers that walk in upstairs, they could just have a little look over my wall and see me sitting there on my meditation cushion meditating. And so I thought to myself, no, I'm not going to go and lie down on the ground in a fetal position. That would just be weird. Um, So I thought, no, no, I'll just observe this. And so I sat and I continued my meditation. And the further I got into the meditation the more and more I realised that I was actually grieving that joy. I was grieving the fact that I haven't been allowed to feel what I needed to feel for a really long time. And I thought that that happened because of having a baby and going through all the postpartum stuff. And in that moment, I actually realised that it was not that at all. And all of these little glimpses of memories started flooding back of all of the times throughout my childhood. I had had to put a cork on my own joy. And as a kid, some of you may relate to this. As a kid, I was... The visual that I have of myself as a child is an overflowing fountain. Like when I close my eyes and I think of what I was like as a kid, the image that comes out of my head is like a fountain 
um, my energy was overflowing, as was my happiness and my joy. And I remember feeling that way. I remember how free I felt when I felt that way. And I remember since my last psychotherapy session and really going deep into this, I remember how the littlest, tiniest things, like the little looks people at Acro used to give me, like, oh my gosh, she's just so much to handle. Like as a really little kid, or the eye rolls from a coach or my primary school teacher calling me crazy Corinne or the amount of times I used to get shushed. I can't even tell you the amount of times I got shushed as a kid. And every single one of those little things has operated as this cork that has said to me, push down your joy. And the only reason I tell that story today is because I hope that it brings up in you perhaps something that makes you question. Have I allowed my joy to overflow? Have I allowed myself to really be in a state of wow? And so my word for this year is not trust, it is wow. And I have been thinking about the feeling that I want to have when I walk into my own solo show and see the work on the wall for the first time, which I haven't allowed myself to think about because I've been so obsessed with trying to get the work done and for such a long time I even thought to myself, oh, my God, this is not going to get done. And now coming into the, this last week, I am watching and I'm looking and I can taste completion. And it tastes so goddamn good. I'm so proud of myself. Like, it is unheard of me making this amount of paintings in such a short space of time. And I want to walk into that gallery so grounded and I just want to be able to walk in and say, wow, nothing else. No external gratification searching, no, like, where's the next sale coming from? Not, is it good enough? Because I've done all of that negative self-talk already. I just want to walk in and go, wow. Wow in appreciation for the amount of hard work I've put in. Wow in the fact that I had to dig really deep within myself to even create this work. Wow to the little child part of me that I have allowed to pour out for this show. And wow, that I am even in a position that I am able to get my work up on the walls of a gallery like Curatorial & Co. So, I really want you to, this week, as you move into your studio or your writing or whatever creative pursuit you're doing, even if you're an accountant, 
I'm told that numbers are creative. Um, I want you to step into your next week asking yourself the question, how can I get a little bit closer to that state of wow? And I am going to read you my artist statement, which I hope now will resonate a little bit now that I've given you that bit of background. Now, I've only edited this once. It needs probably a couple of more edits, but let's just see how I go. Maybe by reading it out loud, I'll pick up something that's wrong with it. So this may change. So for those of you who don't know, my exhibition is titled Echo, An Invitation to Sit with Self. So Echo is a contemplative journey delving into the intricacies of our existence and our connection with the tapestry of our internal landscape. At its core, Morrison's debut solo exhibition is an invitation to sit with self. It explores the dance between joy and grief, connection and disconnection, themes echoing the philosophy of Richard Schwartz's internal family systems theory. Like the theory, the exhibition posits that these paintings are checkpoints in the evolving process of self-discovery. Here, the panel becomes a sacred space where the viewer is encouraged to surrender to the enigma of their internal worlds, embracing the unfolding narrative rather than fixating on a predetermined endpoint. In the realm of IFS, self holds a significant place, a core aspect that represents the calm, compassionate centre within each individual. Echo celebrates this concept, acknowledging that amidst the diverse facets that compose our identity, there exists a unifying essence. The paintings serve as mirrors, reflecting the multiplicity of our internal landscape, echoing the transformative journey towards harmonising and befriending these diverse aspects under the umbrella of our being. Beyond the canvas, this work extends its gaze to the external world, recognising the profound connection between our thoughts and the echoes of our existence. Just as our inner world is a rich tapestry, our external reality often mirrors our thoughts, desires and fears. The exhibition invites viewers to contemplate this mirroring effect, encouraging a deeper understanding of how the magic within resonates and manifests in the world around us. There was once a time when the unknown was not something to be feared or controlled, but the ultimate adventure to be embraced with all of our senses. It is within this unknown that the infinite resides. Each panel is a collaboration between spirit and logic, a playground for the curious mind to explore surface and negotiate with otherness. Through her playful layering and excavation techniques, a single mark can transcend thought and create its own space, one that leaves us standing somewhere in between. It is within this space that we are able to revel in the beauty of stillness with wonder and rekindle the magic that may have been buried beneath the layers of adulthood. Echo is an invitation to sit with self, an acknowledgement that honours all of our parts and embraces our inner world with a warm hug that whispers, welcome home. That actually sounds pretty good. It took a really long time to write that, actually, I must say, over a course of 
many weeks. But I really feel that it, it says everything that I need for the viewers to understand when witnessing this work. And there is still this part of me that looks at the work and feels this sense that I, I, I don't know how I feel about it because it is so personal and it's like, like I haven't written the individual artist statements for each individual work yet and I'm kind of at this point where because the work is so personal, like do I get really into that like soppy emotional stuff? Like is that really what a collector really wants to hear? I don't really know. Um, what I do know is that this work is really honest um, and over and over again I'm just reminded that 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 that, that <laughs> um, no I'm just reminded that there is no end point to the creative process like you never get there and with each painting, I'm like, oh, but I could make that one a little bit better by adding that technique. And it's just like this cycle of growth. And, yeah, just, mm. Anyway, the next time I speak to you will hopefully be when every single painting is done. Um, but please come along for this journey. The good thing about having a deadline that is like earlier than obviously the hang of the exhibition is that I now have like basically a month to sit and um, market the work and talk about the work and get back into my mailing list and share the stories behind each of the paintings. So if you're not already, make sure you are on my mailing list because there'll be a lot of videos and things that pop up there. Um, more individual podcast episodes on each painting. Um, and please do reach out and let me know if these podcast episodes are resonating with you um, or if these um, therapy sessions are a little bit too much. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop saying um and stop babbling and make myself a cup of tea and embrace the fact that I am not in a hot, sweaty studio and that I actually have two days off for the first time in a really long time. If you want more details on the exhibition, I'll put them in the show notes. Make sure you follow the podcast, share the episode with a friend, um, and put the dates in the diary for the opening. It's gonna be an absolute blast. Speak to you guys soon. Bye.